Hello everybody. Welcome to Behavioural Alignment with me, Samantha Young-Fielding. It's Wednesday the 16th of March and I'm delighted to be with you again. Do you ever get really engrossed in a fabulous book? When I'm walking the dogs, I will often listen to books on Audible. And this week I have been listening to Breakpoint by Ollie Ollerton, who was with the SBS, the Special Boat Services in the UK, and is one of the presenters on the TV programme SAS Who Dares Wins. Here in New Zealand, we get the Australian version, SAS Australia. I absolutely love the programme. I don't get to watch it that often, but the point of it is not just watching trainees who are attempting to do the special selection um, that you go through when you go into the SAS, but also to understand the psychology behind some of the exercises that the team get to to try. And in his book, Ollie goes into quite a lot of detail about the bee stings that are foisted upon these uh, trainee recruits and explains the psychology behind them, which I found quite fascinating. So he gives the illustration of uh, recruits who have been told that they have to climb to the summit of a mountain at the top. They're going to jump in a vehicle. That will be the end of the exercise and they will be coming home. Now, of course, they're carrying massive packs on their back and up the mountain is just the most tremendous trek but they get to the top believing that they're going to be driving down in the awaiting vehicle. And as they come over the summit, the vehicle starts disappearing down the other side. And in fact, it's not the end of the exercise at all. There's yet another mountain to climb. Now, apparently the point of doing this kind of exercise of putting the recruits through this torture is to not only remove all hope, but to push them past extremes to the point where literally they have no reserves, nothing left to call on in order to observe what they will do next. And I find this just a fascinating principle because I see it all the time with my clients. In fact, I speak often about how in New Zealand at the moment there's a lot going on that's pushing people to the very edge of their own expectations to that point where they feel that they've done enough, they've climbed the mountain and they should be able to enjoy the view from the top. In our own family this last week my teenage son went down with Covid so the entire family was in isolation but not to finish there his one and only wisdom tooth started to give him major trouble. So much so that in the end we had to call the doctor and get prescribed some antibiotics without obviously the doctor even being able to observe his tooth because he had COVID and so nobody would give him a consultation. While all that's going on, my son is stressing because he can't work, so he can't earn so he can't pay the rent that he now has to pay that he's just turned 18. And to make matters even worse, another mountain appears when the price of petrol suddenly skyrockets and the brand new car that he has recently um, purchased now becomes even more expensive to drive. As you can imagine, having just turned 18, 
All of these things, one on top of the other, were really starting to get to him and the stress was showing through. Now, you've likely got your own version of that going on for the moment because it is stressful. Um, there's Everybody is finding that no matter which mountain they are climbing, they seem to be faced with another one just behind it. So what I wanted to focus on this evening was what's called reciprocal determinism. And this is a concept put forward by a Canadian psychologist, Albert Bandura, who puts the idea that our behaviour doesn't just come from our thinking and our feeling, but that there are environmental factors that play a role. So if we go back to the old argument of everything to do with humans is the game of is it their original nature or is it their nurture? Is it the way that they were born or is it the way that they were brought up? You add in the third element of there's also the environment in which you're currently surviving, subsisting, living. So it now becomes a factor of the individual with their thinking and their feeling, their behaviour and the environment in which they find themselves at the time. And the interesting thing about Bandura's um, philosophy is that he believes that they are all three factors play a reciprocal effect on each other. So it doesn't just work one way. You actually find that one reinforces the other. So if we take the example of my son, the fact that he was already sick and then his wisdom tooth began playing up and then his concerns about money came into being. And what this was doing was making him feel out of control. And we then look at the fact that his behaviours became very, let's just wait and see what can be done. I can't handle any of this. I'm going to see if I can hand over responsibility to mum because really I've only just turned 18, so surely she should be helping me out. And as he moved back into full health and he was given his all clear negative test, he was waiting for me to make the appointment at the dentist. He was waiting for me to pay for the petrol to go into his car. He was wanting something upon which he could fall back. So he basically was just lying back and letting it all pass over him. The stress that he was feeling had overwhelmed him to the extent that he just was literally giving up. Now, of course, when you're giving up, then more stress is going to come on to you because other things are going to happen in the same situation and it's just going to intensify and make things worse. And that's actually what Albert Bandura is saying, is that the way that we behave has an effect on the environment and that the environment returns and intensifies that upon us so that our behaviour can spiral down. And haven't we spoken about that on several of our podcasts in the past? So what I've been speaking to my boy about this week is the fact that we need to consider ways to increase not only our emotional resilience, but also our mental flexibility. That we need to look at spiritual fortitude, holding the line, and we look, need to look at how we can practically adapt to whatever is going on, the circumstances that are around us. 
And this, I believe, is where we all need to be able to make our changes, to understand that there is always going to be another mountain to climb. No matter how far you get, how much effort you've put into reaching the summit, there should always be the expectation that another mountain will appear behind it. And that we often say, oh, it seems like it's just one thing after another. Well, yes, it actually is. That is life. And that one thing after another is the environment in which many of us live, but by which we tend to feel beaten down. So knowing that it's going to be some days a smaller mountain that you will be climbing next, but many days it will be an even taller mountain. It's about looking at how we can enjoy the view along the way, what resources we can build for ourselves and how that resilience and fortitude can actually not just be put in place but strengthened by the experiences so that we can actually have our reciprocal determinism working in our favour. Albert Bandura not only calls it reciprocal determinism but it's also known as triadic reciprocality. So it's the fact that all three of those items play backwards and forwards one upon the other. Now, if I look back in my own to my own childhood and I look around at some of my clients and I notice that there are some similar traits, that often the environment in which you find yourself seems to keep you where you are. Looking back at my own childhood, we grew up um, with my mother as a single parent family and therefore we were very short on cash. And a lot of things are set up to keep people who are short on cash in that situation. So it's about understanding that the situation you find yourself in can change, but it will take some effort. What I talked to my son about this week was the little changes he can make that will actually ensure moving forwards that he actually changes his own situation so he can put his hand up for more shifts but he can also with that car pay attention at the way that he drives it so that he can economize on fuel. When it comes to the dentist he can make sure that he doesn't just go to the dentist when he's in great pain but keeps up with regular reviews to minimize any deterioration in his teeth. So we do have, although it doesn't always feel like it, things that we can control ourselves. We are not at the mercy of reciprocal determinism. We actually have the opportunity to make this work for us. Your environment is an environment that you choose. And if it's not suiting you, then you get to choose to change it. Just as, as you grow up, the way that you've been raised does not determine the future that lies ahead of you. You're always going to have opportunities to make very small changes that in time grow up to transformational differences. So I hope that that's helped today. If you're feeling that you're facing your very own breakpoint just at the moment, and the book is an awesome read. If you haven't come across it, again, Ollie Ollerton, and it's called Breakpoint. I wish you a fabulous week of new ways of thinking around reciprocal determinism, and I will catch you again next week 
for some more behavioural alignment. Take care.